0: Good evening everyone. Welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar uh, and of course uh, this season in partnership with Bundesliga boxes. Uh you can see me sporting uh, one of their fine shirts this evening, uh, my Tasmania Berlin shirt. Um, so if you haven't already checked out Bundesliga boxes, go and check them out. They are a authentic German mystery T-shirt provider. Uh, probably said that all in the wrong order. But um, yeah, they're a brilliant company. And I've actually just ordered my, my latest T-shirt. So hopefully I'll be able to support that either next week or the week after. Um, so yeah, they're a brilliant company. So go check them out. Uh, each box comes with something slightly different each month, uh, so I think it's batch 14 at the moment that is selling like hotcakes, so if you want one, go find them on Twitter or just go straight to the website to get yours uh, this week. Um, so yeah, obviously we're back with Match match Day 10 review, um, so obviously we're in into double digits now and the season is starting to get into more of a natural flow, um, obviously we're seeing now patterns that we'll probably see for, for the rest of the season, so we've got our obviously our top four games to get through and then we've got our our topic of the week to discuss at some point. Um, Just before we go into the featured four and and run through the results uh, with Mark, uh, obviously, you know, if you stumbled across the show for the first time, you like it, uh, obviously, you know, let us know, drop us a comment, uh, whether you're watching live or after the show, let us know what you you think, your thoughts on the topic of the week or anything like that. Uh, We're always wanting to know uh, if you know if you're a new person that's watching the show uh, and if you do and don't enjoy it and if you're a returning or a regular welcome again uh, and of course yeah please do drop a subscribe and click the bell icon so you don't miss a show so you always get notifications on that front uh right mark over to you then to, to run us through some scores
1: yeah, so where better place to start than going through the scores on the doors for week 10. So, as you can see at the bottom of your screen, so we started off on Friday night, another Friday night win for Hoffenheim. We've got a 2 0 win over Hertha Berlin, another 2 0 win on Saturday afternoon for Dortmund over Köln. Then, yet yeah, another 2-0 win, but this time for the away team for Wolfsburg in Leverkusen. Then, yeah, Bayern bouncing back very well from that thrashing against Gladbach in the cup on Wednesday night to put five past Union in a 5-2 win in Berlin. Then, yeah, Freiburg stay unbeaten, the only unbeaten team in the Bundesliga, winning 3-1 over still winless Greuter Furt. Yeah, Mainz continue their good form with a 2-1 win at also winless, Bielefeld, a one-all draw on Saturday evening between Frankfurt and Leipzig. Then on to Sunday, only two games this week. we were used to having three games on Sundays of late, but, yeah, only two this time. And, yeah, what a win for Augsburg. 4-1 over Stuttgart, over Rory's boys there. You know, not having the best of seasons, are they, really, this year? But, yeah, uh, good win for Augsburg. <laughs> yeah and then yeah uh, closing the weekend off a Nordrhein Westfalen derby 2 ended with a 2-1 win for Gladbach over previously resurgent Bochum so let's uh, let's start with OTB's featured four then so obviously now we we count down our top 4 games and um for me yeah the a game that has to be mentioned in the top 4 this week is Wolfsburg, they were on shocking form before this game, weren't they? They'd lost the four previous league games before this one. But yeah, they managed to correct that with a famous 2-0 win at um, now kind of bottling it really a little bit, Leverkusen. We always talk about Leverkusen, don't we, as being a side that when they lose that first game, they don't bounce back. And now they're now five games without a win now, because all of a sudden they look like the crisis club and not Wolfsburg, which is quite interesting, really. Obviously, some uh, news, managerial news that we've got to mention about this game as well. I mean, for me, it was a massive shock. When I read this, Rory, I was just like, really? But Florian Kohlfeldt has been given the Wolfsburg job on a permanent basis Yeah, as of last week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously the former Werder Bremen boss didn't really cover himself in glory for most of his stints at Werder, did he? Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously famously sacked one game before the end of last season when Werder were pretty much doomed, let's be honest, you know. And now all of a sudden he finds himself in a Champions League job. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes German football can be surprising with managerial appointments, but we'll have to see what can happen. What do you make of that one before we go into the analysis, Roy? Do you think it's a good appointment, Kohfeldt? We were you a bit shocked
0: about that one. Um, yeah, I was shocked uh, because all, over the weekend I was on the stag there in Newcastle, and they were kind of showing the showing the games a little bit on Sky Sports, and I kept on seeing Wolfsburg, and there was Kofeld there. I was like, <laughs> are, they showing, like are they showing like the wrong manager or something? So obviously, it clocked on eventually that um, you know he'd, he'd been put into the role, and um, yeah, very surprised. Like like you said, from going from a struggling Verde Bremen side who ultimately got relegated and now he's yeah he's in in with a Champions League team who you know have got far better resources what uh, felt about a better, far better squad at the moment of course um so yeah very good agent I'd have to imagine he's got so uh yeah place <laughs> him and he's off to the perfect start in the end
1: Yeah, it definitely seems like a bit of a Choupon-Molting story, really, on paper, doesn't it? You know, with a great agent. But let's be honest, I mean, this was a really good performance from Wolfsburg. You know, I mean, for me, the first half was just, you know, it was not the best first half in this game, really, was it? Let's be honest, a few half chances for, um, obviously, for... um, for leverkusen really more than uh the the away side but yeah no, not really anything of uh, verts was kind of causing a few problems but didn't really get into his top form but then obviously the main part of this match was the start of the second half when it was that man luca bacchio actually on the on the left wing i don't think he's had a great season for me so far i thought he was a pretty average signing really but obviously managed to do a, get a really really good piece of play here, turn the uh, the fullback inside out, puts the uh, ball across, isn't really dealt with by the Leverkusen defence. And it's just Mm kind of like, I don't know really, kind of flicked home by Nemetra. I mean, Nemetra had had a bit of stick the week before after a very, very unprolific game when he played against Freiburg. He missed about four sitters in that game. But yeah, I think his celebration was kind of like... You know, a bit of a, obviously, realised he'd messed up last week and he'd managed to make amends this week. Mm. Then, obviously, uh, Rory, just a couple minutes later, Wolfsburg kind of put the game to bed, really, didn't they?
0: Yeah, they did. Yeah, obviously, they hit uh, Leverkusen twice in quick succession, which uh, was enough, you know, to see them off at at the end of the day. Um, On this occasion, uh, Maximilian Arnold was able to eventually put the ball in the back of the net as they were, um, they were, blocks on any you of know, the two shots before that, a bit of a gold mouse scramble. I think Demetra was one of them who had an effort saved or blocked. Um, and, you know, the the kind of Wolfsburg train kept on going from there. I think Brooks had a header and um, that he narrowly um, put over the bar. Um, and it wasn't really until the introduction of, of someone who's had quite a good season so far in the Leverkusen shirt uh, in the shape of Paulinho uh, that Leverkusen really got into the game. I think uh, he... Uh, Demir Bayer and Andrić all had chances uh, uh, and tested, you know, this, uh, the, the gloves of Castile's in there. And, uh, and you know, they were presented a, a late opportunity back into the game, weren't they? As uh, mm-hmm. Lacroix, um, I think, probably correctly, was given the straight red for the professional foul. Uh, obviously, as it's called, where he tugs back, Ilario, um, you know, he threw on goal, professional, uh, professional foul. So I think that's a fair enough shout. Uh, the penalty to boot uh, and Castile's covered himself in glory this week, as I think uh, you were giving him a bit of a, a bit of stick last week, Mark, or the <laughs> before, to be fair about some of his performances. And, you know, he, he was back to his best um, with a, with a good save scrambling the ball uh, behind for a quarter. And obviously they were able to see it through from there. So, uh, yeah, you're right in terms of Leverkusen, they now seem to be the latest club in crisis Uh on Gerard Cione's 43rd birthday as well on on the weekend, so not a nice way for him to spend his birthday. Um, and again, yeah, I pick up on something that you said just in whilst introducing this game, Mark. I think you're right in in the shape of that Leverkusen do don't seem to react very well to when they that lose that first game. They, you know, the the momentum stalls for a number of weeks. It seems to lag on and on and on. The confidence seems quite easily affected. Um, And I thought that might be slightly different, actually, under under the new head coach. So maybe there's a a lingering thing there, or maybe they were just genuinely shocked about how easily Bayern dealt with them. And maybe they're suffering still from that game. Um, But yeah, they didn't really really turn up still in in a game that I thought would be perfect for them in a way, the fact that they had a really uh, struggling Wolfsburg team coming in for them. Um so, yeah, great, great win for Wolfsburg and for Kofelt. It will be very interesting. We'll follow that um kind of managerial relationship uh, very closely here on the show. I think me and Mark will definitely be casting our steely eyes over that one. Um uh, But yeah, a, a much needed win for Wolfsburg. So that kind of keeps them uh well in the hunts. I mean, now they're only now one point off uh, the top four because of Leverkusen's struggles. So, you know, it could be, uh, could be a good run for Wolfsburg coming up. Maybe under a bit of a bit of a crest of a wave, perhaps.
1: Yeah, you never know what can happen. Say they turn Salzburg over in midweek. Caulfield is going to be, uh, Coalfeld, Sorry, it's going to be a kind of a. Uh... He's going to be uh, seen as like the new messiah in near Wolfsburg, you know, like it just proves how quickly it can turn around. Like this was, let's be honest, it was a bit of a baptism of fire, really, in some ways, you know, this game. But I mean, what a performance, really. Obviously, a little bit disappointing with Lacroix being sent off his second red card of the season, by the way, already. And this was only his ninth game. So... Yeah, I think he's got a bit of a—he's going to get a bit of a ban as well now. It's a pity because otherwise he had a good game, one of his better games of the season as well. Obviously, Leverkusen, a few injuries. Schick is really has a big problem at the minute. He started the season so well, didn't he? But they expect him to be out for a matter of weeks. So, who knows what's going to happen there on that one? But yeah, work to do for Leverkusen, and also the fans were less than impressed at the end of this game as well. They were booed off quite audibly the Leverkusen fans which just proves that you know after what they saw in the first few weeks they weren't expecting this like run of form you know obviously on top of being dumped out of the cup by Karlsruhe as well yeah <laughs> which is not exactly ideal you know I mean they made a few changes for that game but it's starting to go yeah. wrong with the minute for Soane, isn't in and we know what happens. He can be a little bit trigger-happy Leverkusen. I don't suggest that the manager is under pressure just yet, but you know, if they don't get a win next week in the last game before the next uh, international break, then he's going to have problems. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. uh, we've seen this happen before many, many times for Leverkusen. They come flying out of the blocks and they just fall apart after one defeat, don't they? And it's like deja vu from last <laughs> season, basically. You know? yeah. but we'll have to see what happens anyway with them. So let's move on to the next game. It's that Team Freiburg, isn't it? With their sixth win of the season already, this campaign. But, I mean, yeah, Greutherford, what can we say about them? You know, I mean, I was watching this game, actually, on the kind of... on the german tv and i was just thinking they're doing all right for the first 20 25 minutes you know they were doing all right and then just a kind of meaningless ball really comes into the box doesn't it it misses all the freiburg uh, strikers and what is that man simon asta doing at all you know we've talked about individual mistakes haven't we uh from throughout the season but this is this is the worst one of the lot for me you know literally the guy puts in a brilliant header smashes it past his goalkeeper funk you know and if, if it was a Freiburg player you'd be saying what a great header you know but I mean obviously the fact that it was a third player into the back of his own net I mean that's just not the way you want to start a game against a side in the form the Freiburg are is it you know then you know again the they get done with the second goal as well 10 minutes later well 20 minutes later again it's just a corner in from grifo you know uh, it's actually hurler um Hurfler, actually it seems though all the freiburg strikers all have the same name so only they've got hurler Hurler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, he heads it against the post and it kind of hits the goalkeeper and goes in. I thought it was a little bit lucky not to give it as a second own goal, this one, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think they deemed that the ball would have probably gone in anyway if it hadn't been for the goalkeeper's interve- intervention or maybe they just felt a little bit sorry for for because they've had a lot of own goals this season, let's be honest, yeah. so far. <laughs> you know. But then that's 2-0 at half-time, Rory, and, you know, for this, probably had a good second half but it wasn't enough really was it in this game.
0: No it wasn't they did come out in the second half and played uh with a bit more freedom and and they got forward a bit more. Uh I think it was Julian Green that had probably their best effort before they scored. Um Johnny will get on to your question soon so thank you for that. Yeah. Um yeah, a mystery um indeed with with Bayern. But on this game and yet uh Fertz, they you know they worked hard and and Freiburg weathered a bit of a storm and you know not something that may be expected as they were 2-0 up and comfortable maybe they took their foot off the pedal a little bit um and Fertz were you know they were awarded for their for their hard work as um you know they're able to to get a goal with about 15 minutes to go it was um it was actually a really nice ball in from uh, from Hargota um, and it was Luling who was able to kind of half volley it past Flecken Uh good finish so I makes it 2-1 uh and again so it's a bit a bit in kind of reverse as to what furt have been doing recently because often they go ahead in games and they can't hold on but this time they're trying to fight back um but it wasn't to be because only a few minutes later they give away a penalty um which is converted with ease by grifo um and obviously that's you know that's the game and and freiburg are um you know home and comfortable and you know it keeps them uh Keeps them on, you know, this amazing run that they're going. Um, and uh, could maybe do a little bit of a hint as to our topic of the week later, and it may well feature <laughs> said team. Um, but yeah, brilliant from them. Third, uh, all they can keep on doing is you know, battling away and trying different things. Uh, the manager, uh, head coach, uh, whatever obviously you want to refer him to is. You know, it's just got to try and keep on being creative, whether that's in regards to formations or, or way of ways of playing. Um, but right now, they're just suffering from a genuine lack of quality, and that's not through a lack of trying. And then the individual errors, which are things that can be cut out, of course, because um, obviously, if you take out um, the first goal, and then maybe the the goalkeeper. Can he save that? That you know, it's a one-one game. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, that own goal was crazy. But at <laughs> least we got a few highlights for late for our end of season awards show because we'll have a brilliant yeah. category of you know best own goal or something like that because there's a few good ones already. Um, it, that was crazy. I can't. E- <laughs> I can't even think what he's trying to do. Um, but anyway, moving on. Yeah, good game. Very impressive for Eiburg. hopefully they'll, they'll keep on going and get that the elusive win very soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, sometimes I, I just wonder what that third is to do. You know, whether they're trying to break the record uh, for the most own goals in a season, you know, because I think that's already four or five own goals from them. And as I say, for me, it was pretty lucky, the fact that, that the second one also wasn't given as an own goal, because probably the keeper should still be doing better there, ultimately. You know, I mean, he has... I mean, it's easier said than done. I'm not sure that I would have saved it personally, you know. But, I mean, obviously, as a profi goalkeeper, you want to be doing a little bit better than that for me, you know. And it's just these kind of errors are just letting foot down because at times they can play a little bit of football. They tend to have like a 10-minute period in games when they, they do all right, you know what I mean? But it's just it's not good enough ultimately, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i I think we'll come to some of the questions as well it's good to see we've got a few questions coming in as well so we'll answer them as soon as possible so yeah we've got a couple of them so i'll put them on the screen now so yeah the first question from johnny b was can you guys explain what happened to bayern last week how did they lose 5-0 in the cup with a full strength team out i know it's bundesliga but it was still Eyebrow raising, yeah. I mean, to be honest, it was eyebrow raising for all of us, you know. I, I totally agree. I think me and Rory were messaging during this game, and we were just flabbergasted at the fact that it was like 3-0. And to be honest, even at 3-0, I thought, you know, Bayern are gonna come back and win this. You know, mm-hmm. I thought it'd be so yep. typical of Bayern to come back and win, you know. But I guess, yeah, it was a full team as well. That, that was the first thing I checked, you know. When I saw it was three-nil, I missed the team lineups, and I thought it must be a massively weakened side, but it wasn't, you know, you had all the big hitters. Out there, Lewandowski, uh, Müller, Sane—they all started, you know. But it was just, uh, yeah. I mean, I think the first point to mention is the fact that Bayern do famously have a poor record at Gladbach. First of Mm -hmm. all, I mean. If, if some of you guys remember the first game of the season, they went to Gladbach and only drew one all and were lucky to get a point in that game as well, let's be honest. Very, very lucky, you know. And uh, I think Pamikano foul clearly fouled to Ram and it wasn't given. It was one of those kind of big team decisions. But, yeah, I mean, obviously uh, Gladbach were fired up as a result of that. Rory, would, would you say there were any other reasons as well as uh, obviously Bayern's poor record at Gladbach? Which, by the way, is only one in seven wins that they've had in Gladbach now.
0: Um, I honestly couldn't put my finger on it, Um, to be frankly honest. It was, yeah, as you say, completely out of the blue. Um, Maybe, you know, after the, the couple of early goals, maybe or maybe after the third goal, they're maybe thinking, you know, we'll just go for it and see what happens and then therefore obviously it leaves more gaps you know at the other end and you know well last season we were saying how often Bayern were really open weren't they and you know the defense yeah. wasn't looking great and often you know they weren't keeping clean sheets but this season has generally been a lot better under the you know under the management of Nagelsmann uh Upamecano has settled into the team quite nicely you know shored things up quite well but uh yeah, that I mean, that game. You know, Mbolo comes on and gets himself a brace quite quickly, doesn't he? And it's what it's five 0 with an hour uh, with half an hour to play. So you know, we could have seen even more uh, numbers. And yeah, sometimes football does that, doesn't it? We you know saw Villa beat Liverpool seven two and and all sorts of things like that uh, last season. So it, I guess it's not just the Bundesliga mm-hmm. that throws up these random random results, but it, it just goes to show that with you know with the bundesliga or anything else like that nothing's ever set in football is it so you know it it gives other teams hope i guess for the rest of this campaign you know it means there's going to be another name on the Pokal this season i know dortmund won it last year but you know generally speaking so that's great for for the cup competition in general which always has upsets brilliant cup to follow um so yeah very strange one but thanks johnny b for your question
1: yeah, you've got to remember also that Bayern was famously dumped out by Holstein Kiel, uh, also with a full team yeah. as well last year. So you've got to remember in the German Cup, like everyone plays a full team as well. I think maybe mm-hmm. the fact there's only one domestic cup is maybe the reason why you know teams go strong but pretty much everyone goes strong in the uh yeah. deutsche pokal which is really really good in my opinion as rory says every it's a competition that's well worth following but yeah bayern's biggest defeat since 1978 i think in any of our lifetimes you know incredible yeah. uh yeah incredible result really yeah let's move on to the next point as well yeah we'll just get through some of these questions as well um yeah um David Navas says, do you think BVB Borussia Dortmund will lose badly to Ajax again this week in the Champions League? Yeah. I mean, obviously I watched the first leg of that, that tie and it was an absolute horror show from BVB. You know, they, To be honest, 4-0 flattered them in that game they were, and, and they had Haaland in that one as well. Mm. But I think we've got to be honest, we've got to give some credit to the opposition as well. I thought Ajax were absolutely brilliant in that game. It was one of the one of the best performances I've seen from any team this season. And I think, obviously, uh, Ten Hag is building another good side there. Obviously, after the the first good side was kind of, like, pulled apart, wasn't it, with the likes of De Jong and uh, De Ligt leaving. But, yeah, I definitely think Ajax are pretty much favourites going into this game after the first leg for me, you know. and I, If I was a bet – well, I am a betting man. But, yeah, if I wanted to put a bet on this game, I would be going probably for Ajax at the minute just because I think uh, – Dortmund in the Bundesliga—they're doing well, you know. Obviously, getting a 2-0 win over Cologne uh, this week as well. But but the, the performances for me, the results have been better than perf- the performances. Would you agree with that one, Rory? Sorry, say that again, Mark. Yeah, I think the perf- the results have been better than their performances in the league as well. I don't think they're, they're really hitting the top form domestically or in Europe at the minute, Dortmund.
0: Yeah, I agree. Actually, um, I think Marco Rosa is is. Um obviously trying to find different ways of playing, particularly without their, their talisman in the shape of Haaland. Um, he's, you know, having to rely on the new signing, Daniel Marlon, a little bit, um, which has kind of been going a little bit both ways. I think there's been a bit of um, frustration uh, from, you know, from Dortmund fans, actually, as to the way that's, you know, fi- uh, figured out so far, Um Obviously, we've just had a comment from a BVB fan. So, you know, you have to let us know what you think of the, the new signing in, term, in terms of Marlon. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an interesting one for me. But I think at the moment, Ajax seem to be playing really well, particularly in the Champions League. So right now, you, t- you probably say that Dortmunds are, are underdogs for that game. And then they'll be fighting, fighting it out for second place in, in the group. But yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting one to watch for sure. I'll be keeping my eyes on it and hoping that they can uh, do, uh, do the Bundesliga proud. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Yeah, just one other question as well
1: from Dan Green, yeah, for, to the other side of the table, obviously, this time. Yeah, How come Bielefeld are doing so badly? Yeah? Really wanting to see them higher up in the table and not in a relegation fight. The way their ground is next to the houses and roundabout reminds me of uh, Sellers Park, obviously Crystal Palace's home ground in the Premier League, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I thought early in the season it was just a bit of bad luck, really, for Bielefeld. You know, they, they were playing well, they were creating chances, yeah. Um, Robin Hack was doing really well, but they they just not translated it into goals, basically. You know, we know that Fabian Close struggles to get goals at this level. He's kind of been dropped a little bit recently and used more as a sub. But Robin Hack and obviously uh, your favorite Yanni Sarah <laughs> haven't quite hit the heights really that they should have done. I think the other problem is is that they're lacking that uh, creativity at times that they had last season. You know, it's um, uh, with obviously Ritsu Doan. He was like a god last season for them. Yeah. Wasn't he? like he was like a mini Messi basically. You know, like mm-hmm. running rings around opposition. I think while they play a bit more open this year under Frank Kramer. The defense has just fallen apart as well, really. You know, Ortega made a bit of a mistake as well at the weekend, which is rare for the it first is. goal for Man yep. You know, maybe he's getting a bit cheesed up, but it's no wins in ten for them now, Rory. And do, can you see them staying up now, or do you think they're going to carry on doing badly for the rest of the season?
0: Um, so obviously, we did a bit of a, um, a topic on on the relegation race, didn't we? As our first Bundesliga boxes yeah. talking point, and we did the relegation. Uh, scrap so to speak with the with those kind of bottom four at the time and and i said uh if memory serves well that i think balkan will stay up um and and the other three you know will go down um and you know at the moment that's that's what i see it as um i know alzburg um you know had a brilliant win this weekend and again you know without hinting too much that's a game that we'll probably cover in a, in a little while um but i think that was probably just a bit of a one-off and and so Right now, I see Bielefeld as one of those teams that are really struggling um, and their main aim for me right now is to try and scrape, you know, battle for that 16th place playoff spot because, yeah, the goals aren't coming. um, They're not translating at the moment. Um, If if they'd got a couple of those draws early on the season that were turned into wins, they'd be in a completely different scenario. But unfortunately, that doesn't, you know, it's a results business and that's all that matters um by much like the other side of things where you say dormen haven't really played well but they've got results um and that's obviously the important thing points on the board so yeah unfortunately they're struggling a little bit um you know and we've got a soft spot for Bielefeld because they they were the massive underdogs last season weren't they when they came up with stuttgart and they survived um and we know someone that we had on the show last year a good a good friend of ours ava um, from the two Bundesliga or five Bundesliga podcast as is a is a Bielefeld fan so yeah we've got fingers crossed for Bielefeld that they can turn things around
1: yeah definitely Yeah, just one other question as well it's great that we're getting a, a lot of questions in today as well so we'll make sure we get around to all of them yeah uh, Chris Saunders said will we see another managerial change before Christmas yeah I think for me probably the obvious one there at the minute probably is Frank Kramer, you know, it looks like a man obviously the Bielefeld manager Frank Kramer. He looks a little bit clueless at the minute on the bench. He's getting overly animated at times, you know, and not in a positive way to the point where you think, you know, he's kind of stressing out his players a little bit, you know. He, he complains about every single referee decision that goes against him at the minute, you know, but in reality his side for me were well outplayed really last week uh, on Saturday against Mainz and you know, that's the kind of, I know mines are a good team, but that is the kind of game that they should have a chance of winning, you know. And for me, they were well outplayed, even though they only lost 2-1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he could go, I think probably the other one at the minute, you could be worried about is Sione as well at uh, Leverkusen. Because, I mean, I like him as a manager, but things just, they're one of those clubs, Leverkusen, that when things start to go badly, they just fall apart for the for the self uh, over in Leverkusen, you know. I just think they've got problems at the minute and then have not looked good
0: the last three or four games really let's be honest would you add any more to that rory uh none you know none kind of come to mind straight away there's always the ones where you've got managers who are underachieving whether um you know whether there'll be a conversation over at over you know over at leipzig about the end of you know underwhelming start to the season i guess and because they're effectively out of the champions league already although in a tough group and uh, obviously, at the moment, they're uh, they're sitting in eighth place in the Bundesliga, which obviously is far from what their ambitions are. So, uh, may yeah, maybe there'll be a conversation about Jesse March in you know five games' time if that you know if their situation hasn't you know improved at that you know kind of predicted rate that you'd think.
1: Yeah. Okay. And just one final one about Haaland. Yeah, is it just me or does Haaland look like a player that wants to leave this season? Yeah. To be honest, I, I wouldn't agree with this one in all honesty. I think he has had a few injury problems to me. That's been the problem, really. He's not played that many games. Is I think he's, like, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's only played six league games out of the ten this year. He's missed quite a lot, but he has still managed to bang in a lot of goals and assists in that time. If any of you guys play fantasy football, you'll know that, like, do you know what I mean? He's been banging in points I think, yeah, I think the problem is is that BVB are perhaps a little bit too dependent on him when he plays. You know, And I think when he doesn't play, they kind of work a bit harder in defence. That's one thing that I've noticed a little bit, because when you have a player like him in the team, you know, you just think, well, he's going to score at least two goals a game, you know. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but for me, that's what I've noticed. The last few games, I've seen a bit more, you know, working a l- little bit harder since he's been injured, really. But yeah, for me, his performances have still been
0: world-class for me, Haaland.
1: Would you agree with that, Rory?
0: Yeah, well, his his quality is there, obvious for for everyone to see. Um, I think he's just one of those players that gets visibly uh, cheesed off, for for want of a better word, um, whilst not wanting to curse on the air, uh, (laughs) with with players around him because, let's face it, there's not many players on the same level as him, are there? Um, you know he he loves. I think he had a great relationship with with Sancho, and you know that that would have affected affected him. I think uh, I think he's building a similar rapport with Bellingham because he think he, you can see Bellingham on a similar trajectory right now um with regards to Bundesliga stars. And uh, I think yeah, just just sometimes he gets a little bit hacked off about maybe the the service or goals conceded or or whether he gets uh, enough of the ball during a certain game. So I think I I understand what Ben's saying. Definitely. I think it's maybe been a little bit more uh, obvious this season with regards to how frustrated he's been. Uh, And maybe that's just because he's more comfortable at the club and he feels they can do that. Um, And he knows his value, let's be honest. So I think, you know, he'll always play for the badge. Uh, He's a very proud player. and, And I think, without signing too ominous with him, we'll know that he'll he'll be going uh, elsewhere fairly soon. But hopefully not for the Bundesliga's sake. And we love him in the Bundesliga and for Dortmund. So fingers crossed he stays at Dortmund for many, many years to come.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So let's let's continue with our countdown then. So, yeah, we, we just finished doing Freiburg v. Our, our number two is actually, yeah, we, we couldn't kind of ignore that um yeah, the Union two Bayern five game, really. You know, it was just one of those crazy games, really, wasn't it? I mean, we I think I said in my predictions that whenever Bayern lose a game, it's it's curtains for their, their opposition, basically, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously we, we did see them losing midweek. The, the the previous time they lost a game against Frankfurt, they bounced back with a five-one winner, Leverkusen, which was being kind of Let's be honest, that game was 5-0 after about 35 minutes, you know. So, Union did a little bit better here than what uh, Leverkusen did that day. But, yeah, with regard to the game, I mean, for me, the the penalty, I don't know. When I first saw it, I thought it was a little bit soft. I mean, to be honest, I think it would have hit his head. And the guy was, uh, Sane blasted the ball, obviously, at Peter Jaco's head. For me, if he'd not have kind of blocked it with his arm, he would have pretty much taken his head off. Do you know what I mean? So, for me, it was yeah. more of a natural reaction, that one. And I think there was almost no distance between the ball and his hand. And I think, according to the rules, yeah, he probably has to give a penalty. But I always think those ones are a little bit harsh for me. Do you know? Would you agree with that, Rory? Or do you think it was a stone wall on that one? Um, well, like
0: you said, when you, when you first see it, you probably uh, are thinking uh is it a bit harsh but when well when it's slowed down it looks pretty obvious to me um i know he's he's sliding for the ball so what you know it's quite hard to control your hands because can you you can't just slide with your arms behind your back can you because it's just not a natural thing to do but that's where we are with football right now so for me in footballing terms right now it's penalty
1: yeah, definitely. I pretty much agree with that, yeah. But I think, obviously, in past times, uh, for the hardcore of us out there, it was a soft penalty. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, just a few minutes later, yeah, I mean, obviously Lewandowski takes a free kick, doesn't he, from just outside the area, curls in a beautiful uh, free kick, like, yeah. out of the reach of uh, the goalkeeper. That's already 2-0. Then I think Sane, he's had a few problems with his finishing, really, has not he? Like, I think there's nothing wrong with his performances, but he doesn't seem to be finishing very well, Leroy Sane, this season he had a couple of great chances brilliantly saved by Luther in the uh union berlin net but yeah it wasn't to be denied when on um, 35 minutes it was actually a really good goal to be honest you know kingsley come on with the original uh ball then an excellent assist from assist king thomas muller at first it kind of looks like poor defending doesn't it but when you look at the re- play was hot box from Muller, and basically Sané can't miss, you know, he just kind of taps it in. To be honest, he wasn't far from missing, really, was yeah. he? he kinda, just kind of nicked in underneath the bar. Yeah, just before half-time, though, Union showed their quality, didn't they? I mean, it, for me, this was brilliant work from Haraguchi. He had a brilliant mm-hmm. game in this match, another brilliant Japanese player in the Bundesliga this year. Some great footwork for him, from him to put the cross in for Gieselman who you know, he's been one of the stars of the season this year. He kind of smashed it, it hit Neuer and just kind of went in off the post. So that's 3-1 at half-time to the Bayern. And, and let's be honest, the second half was just as open as the first one, really, Rory, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and, in, well, obviously, in theory, it could have been 3-2 at half-time because Sheraldo Becker had yeah. one, uh, obviously, chalked off for, uh, for offside as well. So... Yeah, and, and Gieselman, you know, turning into a bit of a Ben Chilwell or Reese James uh, at the moment. Not got goals uh, um, uh, flowing from fullbacks, so very impressive from him. Um, and yeah, the second half was was much the same. Uh, Muller um, completed a hat trick of assists uh, for for Coman, um, who was uh, clinical um, to smash home the fourth pass Luther in there. Uh, but before that, there was a couple of good chances, actually, for Becker and Neuer was able to save them. So, you know, small small things in football matches, don't they go uh, uh, go each way? Uh, but again, Union fought back. Uh, very impressive bit of work from the two Union substitutes, bare ends, doing really well to get to the byline and Ryerson uh, tapping in to make it 4-2. So you're thinking, oh, maybe game on again. But I think just when, uh, you know, Union were trying to blow the Bayern door down, I think is just where their legs went. Uh, unfortunately, we, you know, so much with all they're playing at the moment. Yes, they've signed well, but they're still being stretched, aren't they? The squad and, and taking on the champions is a real uh, draining game for them. So, yeah, Bayern, uh, eventually we're allowed to kind of use a bit of space and Upe Meccano uh, kind of pretty much ran half a pitch worth to, to set up Muller for him to smash in a shot and, and complete a really good game for him, uh, getting a, a load of assists and, and the goal um so yeah 5-2 amazing game uh really well done to Bayern for, for reacting so well from that drubbing um i thought it might be a bit closer uh, and you know it could have gone either way like i said with, with the oddest uh, disallowed goal and, and chance for geraldo becker who gave the young fullback uh buying quite a quite a tough game actually stanisic uh, i think that yeah. uh, was given the run around a little bit there um but yeah really entertaining game again perfect advert for the bundesliga Uh, And by and obviously keeping Dortmund just about off them um, with a yeah, with a very much important win for them. So yeah, good game.
1: Absolutely. So let's quickly move on to our game of the week. I mean, I think none of us really expected that this will be the game of the week, you know. But I mean, if you're an Augsburg fan, then it was without (laughs) doubt the game of the the game of the year, maybe for Augsburg. You know, I mean what a performance this was from the Bavarians, from um, Schwabia, you know, absolutely brilliant performances from Augsburg. We've talked a lot about the fact they don't score goals, but they've managed to bang in four in one game, you know, against Beleaguer. Maybe beleaguered is, I know, you know, I like that word, but maybe that's you a bit of an exaggeration word, yeah. for Stuttgart, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, they're certainly not having a good season. It's certainly been a kind of um, step back from the brilliance that we saw last season. Still, like, ridden with injury, Obviously, like the Lass has been out forever, hasn't he? Like the likes of Mangal are only just getting back in the team. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Kamad uh, is, Kamaradic is still injured as well, so it's just it's just not going for them at the minute. Kaladzic, sorry, is still well, injured. It, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, as for the game, yeah, I mean, it actually started brilliantly for the away side. You know that man, Chris Furi. You know, mm-hmm. I mean. He came from nowhere, really, didn't he? I think it was Paderborn. He was on loan night in this fight of Bundesliga last year. Had a good season there. Yeah, he was actually a really good goal for him. A solo goal, really, wasn't it? I mean, he cut in from the side and, like, arrowed a brilliant shot from outside the box, like, right down below, beyond Giekowitz. But then, yeah, that, that's basically as good as it got for the away side, is not it, really? I mean, got to say as well, great crowd at Augsburg as well this week. You know, the, the crowd were really, really behind them. You know, it's great yeah. to see. I think they had 75% attendance available again, which kind of really helped them, I think, you know, because... Um, yeah, I thought this was a brilliant, brilliant performance from them. From then on, obviously, the first goal was just a corner coming in, not the unmarked English legend uh, Reese Oxford. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. for those of you that remember, like, I think he sprung onto the scene what, like, five, six years ago, and he was seen as the next. Yeah. You know, he was seen as the next big thing. But yeah, his, his career kind of, yeah, kind of, I wouldn't say like a downward spiral, but you know, he's rocked up at Augsburg, have not he? And he managed to mm-hmm. bang in equaliser here but yeah so it's one all at half time and then Rory your boys just collapsed didn't they basically uh
0: yeah so I think it was always probably uh going to be a tough uh second half because um well the, uh, speaking of injuries we got another two in, in the first half so Furyk who scored you know scored our goal um so he had to come off uh after about 22 minutes so you know blow number one and then I think probably the most telling one um was Mark Oliver Kempf. So he, he had to go off as well before the end of uh, the first half. And that was a real blow, not only in the sense that he scored a lot of goal for, goals for Stuttgart already in terms of, you know, being a threat, uh, you know, on the on attacking sense. But obviously what we saw in the second half yeah, yeah. was from a defensive standpoint, they were really struggling from set pieces. Uh, young Clinton Mola, uh, an English uh, under 21 international, who's, you know, doing okay at the club was, was you know, str- you know, struggling a little bit. And so yeah, the goals came mainly from from those set pieces. Uh so the second one is uh, a corner that's not really cleared very well and, and the Augsburg captain Guileu uh, was able to kind of nod in past uh, uh that's um, I'm hoping that's about it. Right <laughs> yeah, that, that's one
1: of the worst names. I was thinking about that one. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, what, I that's hate, one of every the worst names to pronounce in the Bundesliga. And there's a lot of. Every time he scores,
0: I'm absolutely bricking it about saying his name. But maybe that's the best <laughs> one I've ever done. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, so that's 2 1. Um, Stuttgart didn't really have much to offer. And it was mainly mainly the home side that were really going for it. They probably you know realized that this is a perfect opportunity to get a big win. and And they did so. Uh, um off the bench uh, managed to get another goal, which came as a result from a long free kick that wasn't cleared, uh, and then Finn um, a kind of name that sometimes gets forgotten about, scored his first goal uh, in over in over a year, I think. So yeah, um, great win for Augsburg. Um, again, I'd be intrigued to think or hear from an Augsburg fan because from my point of view, they took advantage out of. A great situation, the fact that they had the a struggling Stuttgart team, who were then hit by injuries, and in, in the situation unraveled as such. From my point of view, I've obviously I've highlighted um, the the comment from from our Dortmund fan below. I very much agree. Obviously, missing Kalidic, absolutely. Souza doesn't have anyone to hit in the box. Absolutely correct. We've you know. We've kind of messed around with different strikers and different kind of options at the moment. of um, Marmush, I think he's injured again uh, now, the, the new lad that we've going from Wolfsburg. And and El Gadawi as well, he hasn't really done it, has he? So, yeah, there, there's a lot going wrong in terms of the medical you know, kind of treatment table right now for Stuttgart, and it's not getting any easier, like I said, with the two injuries in the first half. So, unfortunately... Looks like a season of struggle and maybe being drawn into maybe being that fifth team in a relegation scrap because uh, yeah we're looking a bit a bit light on our feet right now so we'll, we'll have to see what happens uh, as the season goes on. Great win for Augsburg. Obviously the key thing is now backing it up, um, getting a couple of goals and, and following up that that confidence maybe with one more win before the international break comes upon us again. But yeah, great win for them. Most important win of the weekend.
1: Absolutely. I mean, obviously, we've seen with Augsburg, they're so up and down with performances, aren't they? I mean, like they've not always been bad this season, you know. They have kept three or four clean sheets in the 10 games, but obviously it's very rare that they bang in four. I think I can't ever remember since we've been doing the show, Rory, that Augsburg have banged in four in a game. So, you know, definitely a weekend to enjoy for Augsburg and not to enjoy for Stuttgart. Okay, so... Yeah, that kind of uh, ends our OTB's featured four. So let's continue the show with um, yeah the Bundesliga Box's talking point of the week. Yeah, I mean, I've been wanting to do this talking point for a few weeks, haven't I, Rory? Because I think this team deserve mm-hmm. a lot of credit, like so, so much credit. When you consider the budget... That they've got obviously, and that team is indeed Freiburg. You know, I mean, we want to talk about can Freiburg keep up the Champions League push? You know, because I mean, some people watching at home might be thinking, Freiburg Champions League, how's that possible? But then just a, a quick look at the table will tell you it is very, very possible as things stand because they stand a whopping. Six points clear of uh, fifth place at the minute. Uh, they're in third place. You know, the only beaten si- unbeaten side in the Bundesliga with six wins out of ten and four draws. You know, uh, six points clear with a much better goal difference than Mainz, who are in fifth at the moment. I mean, what a season it's been under Christian Streich, has not it? I mean, I'll put mm-hmm. the question over to you, Rory. Can Freiburg keep up the push, or do you think this is just a run of form which will end eventually?
0: Um, so obviously, once we kind of settled on this um, as our as our topic of the week, I thought I'd do you know my, my due diligence and have a look, a little bit you know a bit more of a detailed look into the team and and maybe the rest of the season that they're they're facing. So with regards to you know what, what they've done so far, obviously six wins and four draws. Uh, generally speaking, they've all been against teams that right now, in the way that this season's shaped up, you say fair enough. That's probably again they should win. Obviously, you know this has included wins over Dortmund and Wolfsburg, so that obviously that's very impressive in itself. A draw with RB Leipzig, which they probably should have won, in fans to them. Um, so very impressive statistics from that from that point of view. Um, you know they're incredibly well led by by Christian strike Maybe we'll, we'll kind of refer to that uh, shortly. Um, but the way that their fixtures are kind of grouped together, it looks really presentable actually. So they've obviously got. Bayern this weekend come in so obviously that's very very hard and then the next three or you know three or four games are quite nice Uh, and then they go for a little bit of a a rough patch again in terms of the teams that they have to play like playing Dortmund again and and Wolfsburg and teams like that so that'll always be tough Um, but again the way that the the fixtures obviously are mirrored uh, it looks like their season could you know go really nice flow if they keep up You know, keep up their form. Then, if they're not hit by too many injuries, because that's maybe one thing that will be interesting to see how they react to. And I'll get onto that in a second. Um, But yeah, right now, it looks like the fixtures are well set for them. And I believe if they keep on going the way they are, there's absolutely no reason why they can't keep up this push. And um, it looks like they're a really good shout for Champions League football. Uh, The reason why I say, how, how well will they um, kind of deal with injuries and things like that is, is that so far they've only uh, changed their starting 11 13 times in so in 10 games so realistically speaking that's not really a lot of times that they've had to change the team or want to change the team so they've kept consistent all their players in that regard are doing really well so that's excellent from that point of view but will you know will they be tested later on the season when you know the maybe the squad will get a bit thinner and if they get some more injuries and fatigue sets in later on the season, if they can't play the same 11 as consistently as they seem to be doing at the moment. So that's been quite interesting for me. Um, so, Mark, obviously, one thing that for me might be the another thing that potentially stops them, uh, Freiburg, from this, this good run of form and staying in the top forward, would maybe be having that clinical out-and-out goal scorer Uh, Because right now, you know, the goals are very much shared out. I think they scored 17, 18 goals. um, Yeah, so the top goal scorer amongst that is Grifo with three. So with that in mind, that's obviously massively spread out. I think uh, Holler's got three. Um, I think there's a couple more on three slash two. So is someone like uh, Dermirovic, you know, the person who needs to step up, in your opinion? I don't know. I think
1: Demirovic, he's not really been playing that much this season, because I think they've gone for the more fluid style, you know. I think, obviously, Demirovic was a a central figure last season, and I would say that Freiburg were a little bit more direct, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, another interesting thing is the fact that Salai has been injured the last few games. Well, he's kind of widely seen as their big player, Roland Salai. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, for me, he probably is overall their best player. But he's been injured, I think, since the last international break, so he's missed mm-hmm. the last two or three games. I mean, the fact uh, Wu Jong, the the younger South Korean, has been brilliant replacing him. He's been outstanding. I think Hurler has really stepped up. He's kind of replaced uh, Demirovic yeah. as the number nine as well. Hurfler as well. Obviously, he got the second goal of the weekend from the wing he can get goals you know they do have players that can score i think schlotterbeck for me is like as good as any defender in the bundesliga at the minute i'm a massive fan of nico schlotterbeck he's uh, always the captain every week in my fantasy football team and he gets me uh, ample points every week despite my lowly standing in that level <laughs> but yeah he's a great player you know they've got quality throughout the pitch and obviously with the buzz of the fact that they've got uh, the new stadium as well. You know, I mean, a full stadium against Furth last weekend, brilliant atmosphere, you know. I mean, you've got to remember that Freiburg, what a lot of people don't realise about the club is the fact they were very, very close to qualifying for the Champions League nine years ago, actually, as well. I also did my due diligence about Freiburg before this topic, and uh, Christian strikes only his second season, by the way, this is going to be his 10th full season as well in charge, but in his second season in 2012-13, there were only one win away from getting Champions League football, incredibly, yeah, mm-hmm. and for those of you with good memories will remember that that was the year that it was the all-German Champions League final as well between uh, Dortmund and uh, Bayern, so Bayern, yeah. obviously it was clearly a very, very strong Bundesliga that Year. So you know, strike. He does have pedigree, and he's is for me one of the best managers in the Bundesliga. You know, the guy is just a, a god basically at this level. You know, and what he's got this Freiburg side doing is brilliant. I think for me, if they can come unbeaten away from Bayern next week, and they are the kind of side that, that can cause Bayern problems as well. You know, <clears throat> like we often see that Bayern do very very well against side that you expect them to struggle against, and then they struggle against some of the sides that you know will. Go and have more of a go at them so to speak you know and i think freiburg you know obviously 10 games unbeaten now and i mean if they can make it 11 who's to say they, they won't be able to make it to the christmas break unbeaten you know because they've been absolutely brilliant this season freiburg and for me yes the answer is yes to the question i do believe that they can keep going at least till the, towards the end of the season in the champions league place
0: yeah just very quickly, I would say again, it'll be interesting to see how they react to their first loss. Um, let's hope they don't do a bit of a bit of a Leverkusen or a Wolfsburg and kind of capitulate in that regard. I don't think this Freiburg side will, to be frankly honest. So uh yeah, that that that'll be another thing to to keep an eye out for. Um, but I think that pretty much uh rounds up that kind of that question, that topic. Um so thanks very much to everyone who's who's joined us this evening. Really loving the interaction we've had tonight uh brilliant questions uh so that's been really entertaining so thank you guys uh you've made made this an excellent show uh this evening with with your interaction with us um gone on a little bit longer than our last few shows have done but you know we absolutely love doing that when when we've got the questions to ask that's exactly why we've kind of done this bit more kind of efficient way of doing our shows to leave time for, for some questions so Thank you all for watching tonight. It's been brilliant. Uh, so, Mark, shall we? Uh, shall we round up and close the show?
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, remember, guys, uh, some new guys as well watching, as far as I can see. So, yeah, remember, check out our Twitter at Over the Bar FB and at Over the Bar Extra. We also go live on to Twitter as well nowadays. So, hopefully, some of you guys are joining us from that stream, which is great. Yeah. Also check out otbfootball.net, which is a centerpiece of our stuff as well. You can see. Uh, obviously, also check out Bully News as well, which is uh, one of our partners as well. Yeah, and um, yeah, obviously the the last thing I can say is uh, yeah, like, comment, and subscribe if you enjoy our stuff. Tell your friends about it. Any of you Bundesliga fans, you know. I mean obviously there's not much bundesliga stuff out there so yeah it'd be great if uh, you could join us every monday and thursday so yeah again thanks again for some of your comments it was brilliant to interact with some of you new guys and also some of the guys that have been with us before so yeah we'll see you again on thursday yeah bye bye cheers